hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice. So please seek the advice of your physician. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the HA podcast. It's me and Mishi again. Ashley was supposed to be here, but apparently we forgot that she has her pickleball league on Thursday mornings. (laughs) And we just didn't like successfully reschedule this. So I guess it's just me and you today. So excited. Yeah, it's okay. We don't need her. (laughs) Like these people don't need three people answering their questions. So we're good. We're good. We love her though. Okay. 
you know we do she's like but I do need to reschedule because I have a topic (laughs) (laughs) okay all right so everyone you guys if you're not familiar yet with Miji, if you haven't, you're like, who is this person? She's the latest addition to our team. She's technically been on our team for over a year. Is that true? Right? It is. Yeah. Yeah. For That doesn't feel true at all. Maybe even almost like a year and a half. It's been a while. That went really quickly. It did go really fast. But welcome. Okay. Yes. So she's one of the coaches here on our team. Um, that's like what you need to know. <laughs> Basically, that's the gist of it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, you have, she has our own episode, the whole thing. Um, go to our website, the hasociety.com forward slash coaching. You can read all of our bios on there and see who we are and what we do. But we have Q&A questions today, have some that have been emailed in some that have been dm'd in we love the questions guys keep sending them in you can email them to danny at the ha society.com or you can go to um the ha society on instagram and i even checked the danny sheriff ones and, and that's just kind of where i'm going to pull the questions from today ready to dive in yeah let's do it okay so Ella, do you have this question open in front of you? Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ella emailed me in and she says, I have a question for you and your team. I lost my period about two years ago after I started weightlifting and lost a bit of fat, but didn't realize my body was, but didn't realize my period was related to my exercise and subconsciously restrictive eating habits until I discovered your channel in April. Side note, I'm so curious, like how that happens. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're not aware of it, how do you come across my channel? Like, was it like, was the internet just reading your mind? Had you Googled something like loosely? I'm just always curious. But anyway, since then, (laughs) I have severely restricted exercise. This severely restricted. I love that use of word. Last (laughs) month, I have only walked and I've only walked to and from classes as a college student. I've increased my food intake and cut out caffeine. In the last five or so months, I have gained about 30 pounds. And last week I got my period back. Okay. Well, that's just a little like how I did this by Ella for everyone. Now, obviously it's difficult for me to get used to this new body. However, what's harder for me is finding clothes that look good on me. I don't necessarily have a problem with my weight, but rather how I look and feel in clothes. It seems that even when I go to the store to find clothes that fit my size, they don't fit my body type as they did before. The style of clothes I'm used to just don't look the same, even a few sizes up. My question is, how did you navigate changing your style after your body changed? I don't particularly have an eye for style and searching online just annoys me because I still can't figure out my ever-changing proportions. Thank you so much for all you do on, on the channel. What a good question. This is such a good question. And I feel like it's not something we talk a ton about. It's a different question too. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. And it's a much needed question. So, well, the assumption here, Ella, is that I know anything about style which is generally not true. Um, 
Mishi went to fashion school or like study fashion, however one would say that. And I feel like she has a little bit more of like a style. Um, I kind of have. So I feel like we could just answer the questions differently, like one each. Um, But how did you go about it? Oh, man, this was so tough for me. Literally, I don't even honestly, I think I figured it out this year, probably in January. Um, I I feel like a lot of shame saying that, like I shouldn't have sat in like the suck for so long, but I think it was a little bit of an acceptance. Like I just wasn't at a place where I felt like I could accept my body, but the moment I did, and I don't know which one came first. Like, did I finally just start to buy clothes that fit my body and that allowed me to accept myself or did I accept myself? And then I bought the clothes. It kind of almost happened like simultaneously. So I don't really know, but I will say this was extremely tough for me because like my old body, all of the, the trends fit me. I could go to the store and I could buy anything and anything would look good on me. And it was really hard that that wasn't the case anymore. But, um, I, and also if you listen to my story, the one thing that I did that was like super disordered was like, I would purposely buy clothes that were like uncomfortably expensive for me to buy. And I like threw out all of my old clothes too. And I bought all these expensive clothes so that it would keep me like a certain size that it was like this thing that like, I was like, maintaining that body size was really, um, unsustainable for me. So I was like, I've got to put this barrier in place. So I, I don't let myself go, whatever anyways. So it was really hard to let go of those expensive clothes. Let's just say that. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, I like spent so much money on this. But anyways, the long and the short is what I did is I honestly, I just donated all my other stuff. Like I had to get that stuff out because that was, you know, kind of weighing on my mind. And I didn't, I did donate some of it. The other stuff that I did with it was I sold it to like, um, what are those like secondhand stores? Um, and then I used the credit from that. You can either get a credit or they'll give you cash. However, they all probably work differently, whatever. I used the credit to buy clothes there and I had my husband with me and he, I was just like, I just need you to give me the clothes. Like, cause I can't look at the sizes. And so I had him kind of like help me in the sense of like, just because I just like, wasn't at a place where I was really ready to, um, pick sizes that were, um, sizes that I was scared to try on. But honestly, Um, once I started putting on clothes that actually fit me, it was insane. It was like, I wouldn't say it was a flip of a switch, but I was just like, oh my gosh, like I just, I feel good in my body. And I always used to look at like other women who were midsize or whatever and be like, well, they look so good in wearing that, but I can't, there's no way that my body could look good in that. But um, anyways, I feel like I'm going on a bit of a tangent, not really answering a du- direct question, <laughs> but honestly it was donating my clothes and then actually sizing up and, and what I had to also remind myself, which I think I got it from the stylist that we use. She said this at one point of like, just because it's like a style, like a trend, like doesn't like 
like work for your body type, it doesn't like mean anything about you at all. So a lot of the stuff that's super trendy right now, like I think it was like the slip dresses, those like silk slip dresses that we're in. And I also tried- Absolutely not. No, no. And I think it was like, it's like the baggy trend that's in. And my husband's just like, that just doesn't like look good like for you. Like he had to be like super honest. He's like, I know what you're trying to do, but it's just not, he's like, it's just not working for you. And I had to like remind myself, I'm like, because he was right. Like it isn't working for me. And I was trying to do what everybody else was doing. And it was, it didn't look good on my body. And it was making me feel like super self-conscious. Like there was something wrong with me, but you have to remind yourself, like, just because like a style doesn't work for you. It doesn't mean anything about you. Same thing with like, wait, nothing means anything inherently about you. It just is. I don't know. I went on a tangent, so I'll let you go. <laughs> I mean, I knew everything, what, everything that you were referring to. Um, it's that whole, like, because a style doesn't look good on you or, you know, doesn't mean anything about you as a person. Um, I can't attest to that being my experience enough. So I did not have the experience of like, I had this super small body that everything looked good on. And now I've had to transition into um, finding this, my actual style now that I have a body type. I think most people listening and most people that we talk to kind of fall into your category. That's just my experience with conversations with them. Um, But for me, I mean, my, you know, I didn't have like, people making comments about my my body I didn't have like a problematic mom or anything like that you know my problem was media and just like the Olsen twins and Britney Spears and everyone being like the the body type you're supposed to have and um I you know would would look at the clothes the in the magazines and they weren't on bodies that look like mine no Mm. matter what size I was and you know back then you know just like probably five ten years ago I would have explained my body as being a funny shape and it's hard for me even now to not want to say I feel like I have a bit of a funny shape you know Mm -hmm. just got like really long legs that are quite big but then I have like a short torso and like long legs and so I kind of feel like a spider and that's cool. It's just that it, that's not what I was used to seeing. I had this, like, um, I felt like what was being praised was like the long torso. That's like a tiny waist that goes into like the big hips kind of hourglass situation. Situation. I just didn't have that like um there just wasn't like clothes didn't sit on me that way and so and to this day a lot of things I try on they're just like designed for a longer torso so they just like mm-hmm. sit funny mm-hmm. and and I used to feel like that was a failure on my part and I wonder if I lo- lose enough weight can I get it to sit right and things like that and you know Definitely when I lost weight, I was able to wear more things confidently and not have that happen. 
Uh, but the reality is, you know, I've always felt like there was a problem with how I'm shaped. And mm-hmm. that meant I would even at my thinnest, I would kind of just fall to like athletic wear because that kind of worked for me. Um, so it, that, that's just like what I did. So I always have struggled with like, what do I wear and feeling confident in what I wear and just always feeling like this looks good at the front but when I turn around this looks good at like there was no like 360 outfit for me do you know what I mean the media totally got you it's like it reminds me of like the Grammys or all the award shows whatever they always do the 360 view of like people in their outfits I'm like when in life is that going to be everybody's going to be looking at you at this 360 view (laughs) and I felt like the only friend you know like of all my friends so I often wonder like how much of that was in my head was I really the only person that I knew you know and it's just like not true like I don't have a toe that's too long for my legs like that's not true they're just like slightly longer (laughs) yeah when you were describing your body I was like I literally never noticed that about you (laughs) no idea what I'm talking about um so it's why I mean I do have a friend who wear the exact same height but my legs come up to her belly button that's hilarious <laughs> like you know there are just different proportion people and I you know I always just really really struggled with finding clothes for my proportion and I kind of feel like this is where this person is coming from they're like my body has changed and so now I need to find things that like cling at the right places and sit at the right places um and my uh yeah my feeling of like failure that I can't wear everything confidently has totally gone in the last year as well totally with that the help of the stylist dm me if you want her dates guys um (laughs) because she helped me you know really was like there's a, a huge difference between appreciating a style and it being your style uh yeah that's the verbiage yeah. she used. Yeah, but you you know you don't have to wear every style. And I was like, oh, I have permission to not aspire to wear that, and I can choose to ignore that. And I'm gonna do that, you know. And what a liberating game changer! Because how often have you seen someone wearing an outfit of some kind mm-hmm. and been like, oh. I need to figure out a way to also be able to wear that because someone else is doing it and making it look good or like, and all this stuff that just like goes off in your head and suddenly what they're wearing and how they're pulling it off means something about you and what you're wearing and whether or not you could, and it's just like totally irrelevant to everything ever. You have to wear what works for you and I do capsule wardrobe. So I have like a total of like six outfits on rotation pretty much at any given time, not including athletic wear. So just like six like casual outfits and then like workout clothes. And I haven't had a bad body day, body image day in wearing those ever since implementing them in like March or something like that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I actually went um shopping the other day to get like some tennis shorts I needed some new tennis shorts and so I went to 
um this section in this like strip mall in austin that has like aloe lululemon nike outdoor voices like they're all like in a row so i went to them and i was like oh tennis dresses like i love good tennis dress like mm-hmm. i love it and so i picked up a bunch of them from um outdoor voices and put them on and was just like i just felt quite frankly mortified um as, like because they just they were just tight dresses and and some of them cinch at a waist and it's like if that that's not where your waist is, is it's not going to look good it just mm-hmm. isn't you know that's just how it is because if it's mm-hmm. fitted it's like practically a bunch of tailored dresses mm-hmm. so you know <laughs> you yeah. still look specific and I just remember really taking a moment to appreciate like oh I have successfully avoided this feeling by following the principles of what I like and what works for my body and I see how me picking up these dresses completely deviates from the principles that I had mm-hmm. I I don't want to walk around in a bright yellow dress <laughs> that that's like um you know that just like has these features to it so you know in the process of learning about our body and our style you take measurements and figure out like what your body shape is and there's like professionals just there feel like so that means that like these cuts all look good on you and turns out there's a ton of them that that look good and it just allows you to start looking at clothes through a different lens and I think that's where where it's at so there's homework that needs to be done like you have to sit down and figure out you know what's my shape what are my measurements like what's my shape um what do I like to ex these were questions I was like what do you want to accentuate what do you like so I liked my waist right like where it goes in I like my legs I like my forearms sorry there's that great name (laughs) hear him barking um you know, I like all those things. And, you know, what are the areas that you would like to draw less attention to? You figure those out and it starts narrowing down what you would want to wear. And then you get to exclude the rest and never think about it again. You don't ever have to try mm-hmm. those things on again. Those mm-hmm. things that make you feel bad. You don't ever have to do that again. Um, once you have that down, now I can go into clothing stores. And instead of looking at everything and feeling overwhelmed because I have no idea um, is like, is that a trend I should get on? Would that make me look cool? Uh, you know, blah, blah. Instead, I'm now scanning for the types of like cuts and fits that work for me. And then if an outfit, like if a shirt work is fitting that, then I will take a closer look at the shirt. So I'm basically like blacking out everything else that's irrelevant <laughs> to me. You have blinders on. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else does that. Like, do you, do you know what I mean? Where you're just kind of like, you're scouting for something in particular. Yeah. 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 No, I have a, I did, I didn't have the stylist ex- experience, which I still want to do at some point. Cause it, mm-hmm. it just, but I do do the same thing in the sense of like, where I now know the things that feel really, really comfortable on me, like styles that um, look really good on me. And these wouldn't have been styles that I would have gravitated before. I was still kind of almost like you. I was, I was trying to 
I was seeing the things on celebrities. I was seeing the things like on Pinterest and all the, and I, and I was trying to make my body fit that mold. And I was gravitating towards those things. But once I decided to size up and start like wearing clothes that actually made me feel good, despite if they were on trend or not, despite what size they were, despite what brands, like just all the things. It was all about, I wanted to feel good and I was going to find the clothes that I wanted to make me feel good. And then when I heard Samantha, when she was like, you can appreciate a style and, but if it doesn't work out for you, like that doesn't mean anything about you. And that was like, that was also a game changer for me. I was like, ah, So now, yeah, I can look for those things. I can see them. I appreciate them. But now to your point, I know what works for me. So when I'm in a store, I just gravitate towards that because like, I feel so damn good in my body. And I'm just like, that's the only thing I want to feel forever. Cause I don't want to go back there. So like, it's almost as like habit to just only see what works for me. 100%. Yeah. I love that. So like, I don't, yeah. I mean, I don't think we have the answer, in a perfect world, you would work with someone who like maybe hire someone. I mean, I don't think that's such a ridiculous piece of advice. But I don't think it's a probably... ridiculous thing either. Because I'm trying to think like I didn't hire somebody, but I <laughs> this sounds wild, but I had my husband. He was like my help of just being like, I don't think I would have been able to go in a store with myself or maybe even a girlfriend, because like I just still would have felt judged in a certain type of way. But he was able to like go and navigate things and, and pick bigger, like size up for me, pick clothes, like out of my comfort zone. And so, yeah, in essence, I did have some sort of help. So I, I would say hire a stylist and we have one. <laughs> at first I thought it was a, it was a big investment at the time. It was like 1500 bucks. That's huge. But when I really sat down to the math, I was like, how much money would you like have you spent on clothes hoping that they would transform everything for you that they didn't um whereas this experience allowed me to actually like find things that i already had in my wardrobe for one i didn't have to buy i actually didn't buy many clothes at all in the process i just like filled the gaps that i had um mm-hmm. and now i have that information forever yeah. So, and I, I feel like it'll also save you money in the, in the long run, because yes, if I had that same experience, because I ended up donating all of my clothes, I think what I would have done is I would have went out and bought like quality stuff, maybe a little bit more expensive, but quality. And it's going to last me for a really long time. And like, mm-hmm. you're not like continuing to buy like the fast fashion or the things that like wear and tear over I mean just a couple wears things like that because I am pretty bad about like I'll just I don't know this influencer showed me something on Amazon I'm gonna buy that kind of thing and I just feel like I do a lot of that and over the year you're spending a ton of money but whenever you would just spend the money up front you wouldn't have to recycle through so many things yeah definitely it's definitely like all leads to buying quality pieces too they also just look better on people they do. They do. But I mean, okay. to round out this person's question, I'll give just like some, some tips, donate your clothes <laughs> or go like sell them or something. You have to get rid of the old stuff. If it's, if it's weighing on your mind and it's keeping you from going forward, size up and buy clothes that fit you and then go outside of your comfort zone and 
and just try tons of styles on and see what feels really good on your body. And as you're doing it, reminding yourself that like, if you see a style that you love and it doesn't work for your body, just remind yourself you can appreciate it, but it doesn't mean anything about you and just move on. Those are my quick tips. (laughs) Love it. Great. Okay. All right. Hey, do you know what your blind spots are? As in, Do you know what it is, what the thing is that is holding you back from getting your period back? Look, it could be an absolute plethora cornucopia of things, but in our practice, what we tend, the first place we tend to go is what behaviors and habits do you have around food that you may be still doing? And these are called blind spots because we just don't necessarily always know that they're an unhelpful habit. Or that it's something that we're doing, whether it be a subconscious or conscious need to control our food or our body, or whether it be something that you've just done for so long that it feels normal and like a preference even. We have created a checklist. It's a three-page checklist that goes through food types, behaviors around food, and mindsets around food, and what you do is you go through the lists and you check off and you see which ones are you doing, whether it be daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and how are they potentially affecting your recovery today? So it's a really simple checklist. It's just three pages. You go through it. There's a very simple scoring system to help you figure out um, how much this may be impacting your recovery. And it's just an insightful Thing for you to do to help you reflect and then you can journal about it or you can learn more about it and just start really working at any of the boxes that you checked and understanding that they're playing a role in your recovery so to get the checklist all you have to do is go to the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot and we'll send it straight through to you you can print it off And you can check on it every now and then. I always recommend a reflection point every like four to six weeks. How are you going? Are you still checking that behavior off or have you, you know, systematically kicked it to the curb? So check it out. It's the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot. And it will be waiting for you there. Um, Katharina asks, hey, Danny, I have a question. Let's say... I'm eating and resting enough, and it leads to ovulation. Isn't it then fine to train harder and eat a bit less after ovulation? Because my period should come then anyway, as ovulation already happened. My HA brain is wondering. (laughs) (laughs) I love that last little tidbit. That was really funny. (laughs) I know that this is an unhelpful thought. Okay. So I'm eating and resting enough. So I ovulate, boom, which means now I'm going to like go work really hard at the gym and eat less <laughs> because my period should come then anyways. Okay. So like the, the giggling part here is like the whole, I'm going to train hard and eat less piece. Like, come on. So while, while the very first time you do it, say you're cycling all the time and then one, one time you ovulate and then you do like tons of CrossFit and running or something like that and you eat less, um, yeah, you're going to get your period. Yeah, that's that's going to happen. It, it's done, right? The, the uterine lining has built up. The ovulation has happened. It's going to happen. But what you're impacting is the next cycle. 
-hmm. and maybe the one after that, you know, like that's, it's really a lot more about that. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything to add to that? (laughs) No, I think that was pretty good. I mean, it is a cycle, like what you do at any part of your cycle is going to affect your entire cycle. It does. It just doesn't work like that. So (laughs) yeah. But all of our Um, HA brains were also wondering that too. So you are not alone. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, don't up training and remove food at any stage. I would just sit with the question of like, why that you have that desire of wanting to train in a deficit. Like what's your, what's your goal? Yeah. Okay. I have a question by Laura. Hi, Danny and Ashley, but Ashley's not here. Sorry, I'm changing it to Mishi. <laughs> hey, Danny. I wanted to thank you for your easy access content and amazing work. It's precious to have these resources when going through recovery. Yay. I was struggling with irregular and absent cycles now for two years due to physical work as a dancer and not feeling appropriately. Unfortunately, doctors address this issue very often by prescribing the pill, which for me was not the right path. I found a lot of answers in your podcast and applied the changes to all areas, nutrition, lifestyle, mindset. As my job is very physical, I just took it as easy as possible while always paying attention to fueling. I tried new ways of dealing with stress, breathing, journaling, where usually I would, quote, move it out. And what and what can I say? Oh, I don't think this is a question. <laughs> I have had a stable period now for six months, feel healthier and stronger and happier than ever. I'm sitting a lot deeper in my body and appreciate so much more what you guys do. Oh, this was just like a pro- like a thank you message. <laughs> it was just so long that I just assumed it wasn't. That there this was is- a question. <laughs> yeah, you guys, I do not pre-read. I just like, I just see like, if I see a question mark in the thing, I'll just say it, but I actually don't see one, but just the way I just totally assumed there was a question, but you know what? It did start out like there would be a question and yes, that was really nice. That was nice. Thank you. Okay. Let me quickly skim this one. (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) Jane. Yes. Hey, I have a question. Okay. We're off to this. (laughs) Maybe when you ask a question, start out with, I have a question. (laughs) No, like that was just me being fast and loose for sure. Okay. (laughs) Jane says, I have a question. I've been on and off with losing my period for years now. Around last September, October, I realized that maybe me losing my period and being at a low weight, we're connected, were connected. And I still, and I started gaining weight. I got three cycles at the beginning of the year, all normal bleeds, but short luteal phases. Then I lost it again because of going to the gym five to six times a week and not eating enough. When summer vacation started, July of this year, I was a bit more dedicated to taking rest, eating more, and I went to the gym three times instead of five to six times. And in August, I had another cycle with an eight to nine day luteal phase. However, I am now around cycle day 40 and no ovulation or any sign of hormonal activity. I still work out three times a week. Further, I am in college studying. 
have a busy social life and working part-time as a waitress. I've been really working with all the tips I found online and the book and changed my eating and training ways and sticking to them. I am doubting a bit whether the issue is HA or it would be something else seen as that changing my ways has me having a period, but it does not really seem to be lasting. I am, by the way, uh, 178 centimeters tall, which is super tall, and 58 kilos. She's written here 10 foot 9, but I don't think that's true. <laughs> I think that conversion's off, but I think that it might be 5 foot 9. Yeah. Um, And 128 pounds. Oh. I was around the same weight when I gained my period in January as well as August. I eat four to five meals a day and try to include enough fat in my diet. Sorry for the whole story, but I would like to join the community, but I'm living in Europe. So there's a lot of time difference. Heads up. We have tons of calls in the European time zone. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you so much already. If you would find the time to answer. Okay. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I feel like, I think you should go first, but I, I feel like the last part of her message, she was kind of saying like, I was at this weight and now she's losing her period at like a heavier weight. Weren't we just talking about this? Like, yesterday or something probably oh. anyways go ahead um, what you're gonna say we're always talking about this too probably <laughs> like i'm gonna lay out the facts here okay it's like i know how you're feeling you're like i've made all these changes and this just should be working and one of the most common talk off a cliff ledge things that we do is talk to people who have managed to get a menstrual cycle whilst maintaining control of a lot of things but then they can't get it to be ideal or regular and they just can't like let go of like but but I was able to control to get a period so I should be able to continue to control to get Mm -hmm. a regular period or to get a long enough luteal phase or whatever and like it's kind of nonsensical like what got you here won't get you there so here are the facts Five foot nine, 178 centimeters, 58 kilos. You are very lean. You're super lean. Don't want to hear it. Like another word against that. These are facts. You mentioned I was around the same weight when I gained my period. And she gives a range, 125 pounds to 132 pounds. Um, Even 132 pounds, pretty lean. So like that range, no matter what, is quite thin. So the fact you got a menstrual cycle, um, albeit not optimal, is like already amazing. That's great. Like that's super impressive considering those numbers and probably has everything to do with the huge drop in training you did from five, six days to three. And, um, you know, maybe you had gained some weight at the time and because you, you had dedicated yourself to rest and eating more so that is why that worked but you haven't done that enough or consistently enough you're like I was a bit more dedicated to it I went to the gym back you know only three times and now I still work out three times a week so like you gave a lot and you got a lot but you didn't give everything so you don't get everything Mm -hmm. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's like how I see this. Like, of course, if you give your body some rest and some food and some weight gain, and you know, you're going to get some hormonal activity. Mm-hmm. But if you're still holding on with your pinky finger, I mean, what's happening here is crazy long menstrual, like crazy long follicular phases. You're on day 40 now. So like you're probably missing this menstrual cycle. Like it's this one, you know? Um, So like you are going backwards because I know without a doubt that your behaviors are going backwards. Mm-hmm. Like I, we just know this, do you know what I mean? Like we know in the way the message is written in the fears and the concerns in the way we talk to people all the time about this. So we say with love and compassion, cause you're coming to us asking a question and laying out the facts um, for us to repeat them back to you and say, no, you are not crazy. I know that you know this, like, I know that you can see because you gave me all of the important relevant information. You knew that that was the important relevant information so you know that that's the problem and it's not, it's not something else. It's just not something else. I mean, you could look into PCOS if you wanted, right? Long follicular phases, but the chances of that are like so, so low. Mm-hmm. It's pr- like you're just still too lean and still controlling your food, even though you have given up a lot of the control, you still are controlling it. And you're still controlling your body, even though you've given up a lot of the control. You're still controlling. Yeah, classic uh, unicorn syndrome. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would agree. I am still seeing a lot of control there. I would say, I know you said, I want to join the community, but I live in Europe. But like Danny says, there's tons of people that are in Europe and they do jump on the calls. And I feel like, when you are in a community with other people and you're hearing their stories, you start to see some of your behaviors that, that maybe you're just not aware of, or maybe that you are, um, but you're just not understanding or seeing how they're connected maybe to your, your, your period. And so I just think being in a community with people where they can mirror things back to you is, is so, so beneficial. And even if you can't make the calls, like, the replays are always available. And I always, I find those really to be very, very helpful. So I, like Danny said, I think it is a control thing. And I think maybe the best way to get through that is to be in community with others who are struggling with the same things and and seeing how they're navigating those things as well. That could be helpful. Yeah. Not toting the, um, you know, HA society, but I, I do believe you've gotten really far by yourself, but I think there is a, a huge aspect to healing within community that like, I don't think is talked about enough. So yeah, it's been two I did a little bit of stalking too. I can see that you go to a university in the Netherlands. So you're probably in the Netherlands. We have surprisingly a lot of people from the Netherlands. Yeah. We just had a couple of new people. And they were both on the call at the same time. I know. Right? Yeah. So yeah. it's currently 10 a.m. as we speak. And after this call, well, about to be 10 a.m. After this call, we're hopping or I'm hopping on to the menstrual cycle mastermind. But I swear we just had one of those last week. So we did. <laughs> I don't know if there's meant to be one today or what, but okay. And um, it's 5 p.m. in Amsterdam. Yeah. In the Netherlands. 
So just putting that out there. Yes. Join the community. It's like the price of, I don't know, a yoga class or less or four coffees a week. (laughs) Like a gym drop-in fee, your gym drop-in fee for a month. Um, Test it out. It's actually, it's actually like our Southern hemisphere people that suffer with the, with the time zones for Uh, the society. Yeah, this is true. If more people from the Southern hemisphere joined, I would put like we used to have a 9 a.m. call for them and like a 5 p.m. call for them, mm-hmm. which is at a crazy time for us. But we just don't have as many people down there. It's like we just really do or like mo- we a really common question is do you work with people from Europe? We mostly work with people from Europe. Yeah, just which anyone. is wild. Yeah. <laughs> then like then problem it could be 50-50 US Europe, but I think Europe might edge it out. And I'm I reckon we've got like three or four people from the Netherlands recently. So like you people in the Netherlands, <laughs> we see you and we know that HA is popping in the Netherlands. Do you want to know what's wild? And I honestly the more awareness that I'm The awareness that I'm at right now, I don't know why I thought this, but for some reason I thought that like HA and things of that nature, like just didn't like impact people in Europe. I don't know why. And so when I started working with you guys and noticing how many people from Europe are part of the society and are coaching clients, I was like, this is mind boggling to me. Like literally my original bubble, mostly the U S yeah, it was, yeah, it was only the U S um, but I just had this thought, I guess, in my head that people in Europe are just like so carefree and they're more relaxed. They're less stressed. Like they right. just don't d- deal with you those types of things. Like eating pasta in Europe. Yeah, because when, when we travel to Europe, <laughs> like that's all like, I was like, you literally could not have the food fears that I used to have. There's no way I'd be able to travel to Europe and have a good time because it just wouldn't be possible based on the culture. And that's why I just, I think with my experience, I thought I was like, man, people out here must not have HA, but. (laughs) No, Europe is just as on struggle street as us, if not potentially more. Um, And I think like they have their own unique challenges. And I mean, I'm not European, contrary to a lot of people's belief, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) but. They, and they would be the best people to say this, but I have cons- like I have um spoken to many of them, and there's almost this culture of like in some places of you should eat in this way, where you eat in the abundance and you have the bread and you have the pasta, but but don't actually gain weight, and uh. that's just like whereas in the states it's not like that. It's like um eat you either eat healthy or you eat like the typical American and and like, Uh it's kind of, you know, you're, you are in one category other, but the impression I get, and I would like, please DM me and tell me like your experience over in all the various European countries in particular, Eastern Europe, not so much like the UK. I think like the UK and stuff is way similar to um, the U S and Australia and Canada. Yeah. But those East European countries, I feel like is more, you know um eat eat you do skinny eat eat but like don't actually get fat yeah I would yeah 
please DM because I really want to know the answer to this because I don't know why I thought that. But yeah, I guess that would be a lot of pressure to being like, eat all of this, but like, just make sure you stay just, just small enough. Yeah. Yeah. That could really I mean, mess with somebody. I also think that's the case in Asian countries. I also feel like I get that impression. Yeah. I can see that too. Hmm. Yeah. But I see you have Filipino people with your Filipino moms. I know. <laughs> I know. I've heard it all. We've heard all stories. Oh. All stories. and they're so tough are we way off are we way off and you feel like it's actually just like the same in america or you know maybe you've lived in both countries i'm curious about the differences for sure yeah same (sighs) okay do we actually have a menstrual cycle mastermind right now (laughs) it's on my calendar yeah i'm just gonna check um in the meantime you guys definitely yeah we do um Leave us a question if you have anything you want to ask. Join the HA Society. If you need to talk to some people, you know, like we meet multiple times a week in a group setting. Every week women show up and just like bear their soul and look for help. And I really have always been so shocked at, you know, obviously this was my idea was like start <laughs> thing but I just don't think I ever would like prepared myself to receive the feedback of people being like that was the most single-handedly helpful thing to get on calls with other people and like hear their story and see myself in their story and share my story and just be able to leave being like no we're all doing this together Like I just, Mm -hmm. that surprised me. Yeah. It's like, you almost have some accountability to, to the girls in the group, you develop relationships with them and you want to show up the best for them. And like, I'll even say like, once I got access to the society and I started working with you guys, like it was so helpful for me. I went through HA recovery, like mostly by myself. And it wasn't until I was in community that I really started healing those like parts of me that still had control, like the, the little things that you just didn't want to let go of. It's really hard to explain, but it just is like, you start seeing yourself in other people's stories and you start picking up on behaviors and you start feeling just okay with like just surrendering to the process, I suppose. But yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Always juicy. Always good. Appreciate you showing up to answer these questions Mishi. oh yes Ashley, i try my I best you, yeah i'm actually <laughs> that you crushed a pickleball she probably did she probably did and hopefully it didn't rain on her but all i know is we got a text message from her what did it say where all she said was you know when you work remote and forget to get civilized dot 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 <laughs> I don't know what that means. I know it has everything to do with her pickleball, but I, I don't know what it means. I can't wait to see what's after the dots. <laughs> um, do tell. Okay. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Please, you know, follow the podcast. Maybe you'll leave a review. That's always helpful. I think it's helpful for something. I'm not sure what exactly, but I think that it is. So we would love that. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.
Hey there, it's me, Danny, and I want to tell you about Temp Drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option. So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So TempDrop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device. So you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking. All of us at the HA Society are. And that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, again, we do recommend manual temping, but once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, My wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So TempDrop's accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature. This includes tracking your cervical mucus if you've been using OPKs, and then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place, and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period. And if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy, or you want to chart for health reasons like HA recovery, making sure your cycle is not slipping back, in the HA direction, TempDrop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the TempDrop, and we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHA Society. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and, and use um, AFHA Society at the checkout, that will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is, of course, dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there, but I may even recommend it for just everyone in general. Get your husbands on it. Get your partners on it. If you have a history of HA and add on top of that, maybe a history of the pill, maybe you've been pregnant before, you know, through treatments or other 
like you've just, your body's been through anything, you know, you're absolutely 100% dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending grassland nutrition beef liver capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural. This is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef. And my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society, at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.